The LA Clippers are 0-3 now since acquiring James Harden, or should I say since playing with James Harden. They got absolutely obliterated against the Dallas Mavericks by a score of 144-126. to How did it all go so wrong, and what can the Clippers do to fix it? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in L.A. and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I went live after the Mavs game to give my raw reaction. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know All your thoughts on the game. And you know what? Let me ask you this. Which players on the Clippers do you trust that should actually guard Luka Doncic at all? Like, there's a certain amount of players, as you can see in this game, that just should not be ever switched on to Luka Doncic. Which players on the Clippers do you think should be switched on to Luka Doncic on the whole roster? Let me know. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the game, why these things are happening, and what we can do to fix it. But let's just start it out. Oh my goodness, Clipper Nation. I don't want to sit here and say I was right already because it's only been three games. But everything I was worried about is happening right now. Everything you, the people that have been anti-Harden trade, were worried about is happening right now. Our defense has taken a huge hit. We lost our size in the front court. The offense looks totally out of sorts. It seems like it's going to be very hard for all four of them to play well together. In this game, you had Kawhi Leonard and James Harden in the first quarter playing really, really well. Kawhi had a 12-point first quarter because he came out aggressive after the last game, and we're going to look to get him going. And it looked as though it was going to be a vintage Kawhi Leonard versus Dallas performance. And then James Harden, two catch-and-shoot threes from the right wing that went in, got into his pick-and-roll bag a little bit. You started to see some of that double-drag action with Zoo rolling and Kawhi popping and Harden on the ball. One of them led to a floater. Harden had 14 points in the first quarter. He had a combined one-shot attempt in the two New York games in the first quarter. So you already saw aggression. Now, Ty went with a little bit of a different approach in the game, and he took Westbrook out and put him Bones Highland in for him at the 7 minute and 38, oh, sorry, 7 minute and 53 second mark of the first. And by the way, to start the game, we had Westbrook guarding Luka, Paul George guarding Kyrie, Harden guarding, Harden guarding Derek Jones Jr., Kawhi guarding Grant Williams, and Zoo guarding Derek Lively. Now, Westbrook in the beginning actually was doing a pretty decent job on Luka. He was preventing him from getting any easy looks, showing his athleticism could be kind of scary in, in the sense that he's chasing from behind. Paul George and guarding Kyrie Irving, I mean, had we even if we had Robert Covington or Terrence Mann in the starting lineup, that still probably would have been a thing. So, it was going okay in the beginning. Now, as the game went on and Harden and Ka- uh, Kawhi were cooking, the Clippers were up 26-19. to 19. 
And then at the 2 minute and 28 second mark of the first quarter, P.J. Tucker and Norman Powell came in for Kawhi and Zoo. That left, and then Westbrook came in for Harden just 14 seconds later. So now we have a lineup of Westbrook, Paul George. I'm sorry, not even Paul George. We have a lineup of Westbrook, P.J. Tucker, Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, and Norman Powell. Three guards. Terrence Mann and P.J. Tucker at the five. And we went from a 26-19 lead when P.J. Tucker entered the game to trailing 39-33 when P.J. Tucker exited the game for Zubats at the 9-39 mark of the second quarter. So we got outscored by 16 points. 20, I'm sorry, 13 points. 20-7. to seven. 20 to 7. Actually, no, yeah, 23 to 7. So, yeah, 16 points. When you put in guys that can't guard together, and that's what this trade has left us with. We don't have as many guys that can guard anymore. Russell Westbrook, when he played with that second unit, he was completely forcing it. He was coming up the court a couple of no-pass possessions, just getting right into an isolation, which completely doesn't make the defense work. They all... And it's just stagnant offense. No player on the Clippers touches the ball. And then a brick shot happens. And then Dallas, you know, one thing I noticed they were doing was they were trying to push the ball more than I'd ever seen in the Luka era. They were looking like a younger, more athletic team than the Clippers. Of course, they added guys like Derrick Jones Jr. to the team, who's a high flyer. Then you have Grant Williams, who's not necessarily looked at as a quick, uh, high-flying athlete, but he's a strong player built like a football player and then you had Jaden Hardy getting some minutes you know Tim Hardaway brings some athleticism and Luca even was trying to push the pace more and then of course you have Derek Lively who's a better rim running big and more athletic than Dwight Powell so the Mavericks they were a much improved team I got to give them credit too because they now have the defensive personnel around Kyrie and Luka that they lacked. They got Grant Williams. Derek Jones Jr. looked really good. He was doing a great job on Paul George. And Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are starting to figure out the way to gel together and play together. And it's really hard to guard. And towards the end of that first quarter, Kyrie Irving was starting to get going. And a lot of them were just tough shots in transition, tough shots one-on-one, threes with the hand in the face. And that's one thing I got to say about the Mavericks. Part of it was just their offense was lights out. They were hitting everything. Everything, all their open threes, and the Clippers, you know, they've fairly, they've been, you know, struggling from three, except this game, and this game was no different actually, shot 30% from three, eight for 27. So since Harden has come around, the three ball has not been falling. Dallas, on the other hand, shot 45% from three, 19 for 42, and Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic were a combined 11 for 18 from downtown. Now, Westbrook in that lineup, which, by the way, you cannot be having three of your big four on the bench. I don't care if it's for a minute and a half. I don't care if it's for 30 seconds. You have these four guys. you got to have two of them in at all times. Now, entering the second quarter, the Clippers were up 33-30, to and Paul George came in for bones. So the non-2v2 people stagger was short-lived. We had Paul George back in the game to start the second quarter up 33-30, to but we could not really guard because you got to think about it this way. If one guy gets blown off the bounce or blown by, 
I got I got blown by and beaten off the bounce, confused there. But if somebody gets blown by, and our rotations are from guys that are six four, six six, six seven, as the tallest guy, Paul George is the tallest guy. That's not much resistance. That's not going to be, you know, really deterring guys when they go to the rim. The Mavs were getting two feet in the paint very easily. They were getting offensive rebounds. They were scoring easy baskets, and we just cannot afford to go another game without a backup big. P.J. Tucker is not good enough anymore. He's a He had a great career, but he's not good enough anymore. He doesn't get off the ground. His defense is still quite not good enough, or not quite good enough. He gets a couple of offensive rebounds. His open three, but that's about it. His open three he shot was so short, it was an air ball from the corner. He air balled. And when Lucas scored after that air ball, that led to the timeout to make it 39-33. We get Zubats back in the game. But then Paul George can't get going. He, again, had another game where he's only shooting jumpers, and he shot himself out of the game. No easy baskets. And the first bucket he made was in the second half, and it was with two feet in the paint. I mean, Paul George, ever since Harden's come, has gone from the bully to the guy getting bullied. He's not playing with the same intensity. He's not driving to the rim. It seems like he's not getting the touches that he wants to get him in rhythm and what I'm really learning about Paul George is and I actually have already known this he's such a rhythm player and this has thrown off his rhythm now granted we've had games where we've seen Paul George go from aggressive to not aggressive even before the trade but then I went back and looked at his numbers with Westbrook on the roster and he only had one bad game to me and that was the one at Golden State in the five game losing streak that we had with Russ where we just got obliterated and nobody played well but he was good in every other game besides that. Even the one that he was in, even ones that he was inefficient, he got his points by either getting to the line or shooting a lot. And our biggest criticism of Paul George, before this trade at least, is sometimes he can go from demigod one game to being passive the next. And this game he was no different. And after the game, he comes out and says, I just wanted to be a glue guy because we've been struggling defensively and wanted to do the little things. But we can't, you know, we didn't pay $45 million a year for a glue guy. So the mindset's just wrong. The second quarter was a complete disaster. It was an abomination. The guys just kind of rolled over, and they looked like they had no fight left in them. They didn't even play the entire fourth quarter. It was a 33-4 to run by the Dallas Mavericks. And at one point, Luka scored 15 straight points by himself. In the third quarter, he was absolutely eviscerating us. And towards the end of the second. It was a 38-38 third quarter, but when you're already down by over 20 points, then there's nothing to say. We didn't have anything in the fourth. Our bench warmers outplayed theirs. We even got Luka to come back in the game, which I thought was hilarious. Probably a little bit of an overreaction by Jason Kidd. But the game was done in the third quarter. We started P.J. Tucker for Zubats in the starting lineup of the quarter. But it was a disaster. Kawhi Leonard's shots were short as the game went on, even though he finished with a fairly efficient stat line with 26 points on 8 for 15 shooting. We turned the ball over too much. Westbrook and Paul George were horrendous. James Harden only shot six times and didn't score after the first quarter where he scored that 14 points. And it was just a mess. As for Luka Doncic, you know, part of it was just his mastery. His one-on-one mastery. And the Clippers were trying to switch everything one through four. And here are the ways that he scored. I counted them just because I wanted to see if anything stuck out. First one, he split a pick and roll. Second one was a leak-out layup, and then he had a transition bucket, and he scored off a jump ball. Besides that, he had two wide-open threes, and then here are the players that he scored on -on one-on-one. 
Paul George one time, Terrence Mann one time, Zubats one time, PJ Tucker one time, Musa Diabate three times. We got Musa minutes at the end of the second quarter. And then James Harden three times. And another thing that's been very consistent in these games, all three with James Harden, is that even our starters' defense falls off a cliff in the second half. It looks like they get tired. They get old. They look old, sluggish. And the other team just has more juice in their legs. And the shot distribution is just weird. Guys are out of rhythm. And coming up, going to be talking more about the rhythm, more about what it's doing to individual players and why the Clippers are in deep trouble, even if the starting lineup finds a way to play better. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have, and today I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster. You never know we can have an earthquake here in Southern California. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Avadio prescription. And this is possible because of our friends at Chase Medical. Go online right now at chasemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this little service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and have to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with the year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. All right, so Clippers losing it 126-144, to 144, dropping to 0-3 in the James Harden era. Let's talk about the starters for the Clips. Because the bench, I mean, we can talk about that in a sec. But the starters, if it's a Zubats, I really don't know how much longer I can defend the guy. Game after game goes by, and he's just not making a very big impact. He looks soft. He looks unconfident in his abilities. You have to literally just not pass it fast at all to complete a pass with him. There was one time where James Harden got to the basket in a pick and roll and kind of threw it over his head with, of course, some pace, and it went right through Zubats' hands. And I'm just like, defensively, he's not making the same impact. And by the way, in this game, we actually blitzed Luka to start the game. We didn't play drop coverage. And that's why in the beginning, it felt like Luka wasn't shooting too much. He hadn't gone crazy on us yet. But when, when you have Kyrie Irving one pass away, it definitely changes things compared to the before. Having a guy like Kyrie Irving in a four-on-three situation break down the defense, it's a huge luxury that's going to really help Luka and, and help teams, or should I say hurt teams, in the sense that you got to pick your poison. If you're going to blitz Luka, you have the opportunity to have to, or I shouldn't say the opportunity, the punishment of having to defend Kyrie Irving in a four-on-three situation. So that's tough. But Zubats... There's no excuse. He has to play better or else during the trade deadline, he might be out of here because the team went all in with this hardened trade. You've got to figure out a way to get the most out of these guys. Let's talk about the four, four guys. 
Right now, the distribution is just too even shots-wise. You got Westbrook with 11 shots, Kawhi Leonard with 15, and Paul George with 12. Since these guys have played together these three games, Harden has significantly the least amount of shot attempts, Kawhi number one, and Westbrook has more than Paul George. That's a problem, that Westbrook has more than Paul George. And I'll tell you what, Russell Westbrook needs to calm down. He needs to calm down and stop shooting so much. But at the same time, he is not being put in a position that best maximizes him. And that was my whole hesitation with this trade. If we were going to trade Westbrook, that's fine. But I heard that he is not coming off the bench. That is not why he came to the Clippers. He came with the condition that he would start. I have zero uh, confidence that James Harden will come off the bench. Them in the starting lineup together just doesn't make sense when you have two players better than them. I'm going to keep repeating it so those people that talk to me about it can get it in their heads. They played in Houston, and it's not the same. They're not the same players, them individually, and Paul George and Kawhi are the two best players on this team. They need to get the ball. You can't have the natural passiveness that occurs when you have four-star caliber players, which we do, and we're having that natural passiveness. We can't have that affect our two best scorers. But I knew it was going to because I've seen teams try to do this four-star thing. And it never usually ends up great unless you have guys that are less, you know, that, that need the ball in their hands less. Like Draymond and Clay. That's totally different. These guys have all been used to being the stars. They've all been used to having the ball in their hands. James Harden is being too passive. He's playing off the ball. There was one play where he tried to go set a screen for Terrence. Paul George thought he was cutting and just threw the ball away. James Harden, with he's not being on the ball enough, funny enough. I can't believe I'm saying that, but he's not. He doesn't offer anything defensively after the first quarter. I mean, he's trying his best, but off the ball, he gets lost. There's no secondary effort from him. It's just like you replaced Robert Covington in our starting lineup with James Harden. If you're the opposing team... That's so much easier to deal with because now you're forcing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to play defense on the best players so much more. Same with Westbrook. It's not what we needed. It's not what we needed. And then you're taking away from other guys offensively because you want to start all four of them. It's going to get better, but it's still not ideal. And then to make it very clear, we are too small. We were already a little too small. We were talking about getting another big forward. And then we took away two guys with seven-foot wingspans that have great defensive versatility. And when you watch those first, that, those first three games, when you had Roko, Kawhi, Paul, and Russ out there together, you have a, a bunch of athletic guys that could swarm, run guys off the line, scramble much better, and it was just a team that was more equipped to play at a faster pace, have more athletes out there, and make the floor look smaller. Take away passing windows that you think are there, but they're not because Rocco covers so much ground. And then I'm looking at Rocco and Nicholas Batum and Philly getting crazy plus-minus stats, and the Sixers just aren't losing games because now they have a duo that has been surrounded by complementary pieces that are really good. And now the Clippers are figuring this out, and they just don't have enough time to figure it out. Mason Plumlee got hurt, so that makes all these size issues even more of a problem. And when Ty Lue continuously plays three guards, which what he has to do is he needs to take one of the guards outside of the lineup, out of the lineup, and put in Amir Coffey or Kobe Brown. And we need to pick up a backup big because we can't survive like this. 
you know, they keep saying it's going to take time. We don't have time. The West is too good, which is another reason why I didn't want to make this move. Because now you're back to we got to figure it out. That whole we're going to take the regular season seriously thing, we can't take games for granted, that mindset has completely gone out the window since we got James Harden. They keep talking about it's going to take time, you know, all this. We're still tinkering, 10-game sample size. We're back to last season in that sense. And our defensive personnel is just not quite good enough. Kawhi and Paul are going to burn out in the second half. Even Westbrook. I mean, maybe not Westbrook, but Westbrook off the ball is just making it feel like the Lakers again, where he doesn't know how to act. He's pressing constantly. When he's in with his own lineup, he thinks he has to be the hero. It's like, I get it. I get it. Westbrook has to play a specific way. He's not very adaptable. But we had him in his perfect role, and then we just switched up on him. And it makes me wonder. He was apparently down for this trade. He should have known better from the Lakers. This is exactly what he looked like at times when you put LeBron next to him. you got to give Westbrook the reins. And I don't know why, because he's friends with James Harden. He was down for this. It's totally going to hurt him. There's going to have to be an uncomfortable conversation. And coming up, going to be talking about those uncomfortable conversations. What are we going to do? I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best and the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, where the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is just you against the numbers. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can go with, let's go Paul George plus Cooper Cup at a combo of seven and a half three-pointers made plus receptions. Prize Picks even offers a reboot apology policy so that your entries stay in place even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second that player is rebooted prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and use code locked on nba for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, so the Clippers losing this one, 144 to 126. Kawhi Leonard is the high scorer for the Clips in, the, in this game with 26 points, four assists, and three rebounds on eight for 15 shooting, two for four from three, and eight for eight from the foul line in 29 minutes of play. He had those 26 points through three quarters, so I liked his aggression. The only thing I'll say is defensively, Kawhi still doesn't look that great. Robert Covington definitely made him look better. Just having more length and size in the court, athleticism, just makes everyone's life easier. And now that you have James Harden and Westbrook together in the backcourt and a lot more small lineups, one guy gets beat, a guy rotates, a shot goes up. Who's giving that secondary help at the rim? If our centers are getting pulled out, and what about the minutes we don't have a center? Where's our second effort? Do we have enough length and size? Like when Nico Batum was on the Clippers, even if he couldn't secure a rebound, he would do a good job with his long arms of tipping it to safety. 
We don't even have that anymore. We're struggling to get rebounds. Kawhi Leonard was off in the power forward in this game, and he's only getting four, uh, three rebounds. That's, that's not quite good enough. But, you know, he's shot 16 times in all the games that we've had James Harden, except for this last one where he shot 15 times. But Kawhi, I mean, he was better. I want to see him be a little sharper defensively, but at least he was a little more aggressive. I don't got much to say about him. Then you have Paul George, who, I mean, it's just unacceptable for him to play like this just because of the trade. Eight points. He also got into foul trouble, so that really hurt the Clippers. Three fouls in the first half. Eight points, three rebounds, two assists, two turnovers. Three for 12 from the field. One for seven from three. And he only got to the foul line one time. Since James Harden has arrived for the Clippers, Paul George is shooting 12 for 43. So do what you will with that data. And then you have Russell Westbrook, who I think played better in the third quarter, but 14 points, five rebounds, two assists, three steals, two turnovers. He was a minus 26, which was the worst of any starter, and it was partially because of that lineup where he was just gunning. He was 5 for 11 from the field. I like that he only shot 1-3 and missed it, and that's fine. 4 for 5 from the line, but he only played 20 minutes, and I just I didn't like what I saw. In the first, the game was over at halftime, and Westbrook and Paul George were terrible by, at halftime. The only players that were playing well were Harden and Kawhi. Harden, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 turnovers, 3 for 6 from the field, 2 for 3 from deep. I liked what I saw on the ball, but as the game progresses in every game, he's had that stretch in every game in the first half where he looks great offensively, and then he disappears and his defense just falls off. The Clippers are now 0-5 on the road, 3-5 overall. They're on a four-game losing streak. First one was at the Lakers. And then you had the New York losses and now the loss to the Mavs. Terrence Mann and Bones Highland and Musa Diabate actually looked pretty decent in this game. Terrence had 11 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists on 5 for 8 shooting. Bones Highland had 17 points, 4 rebounds, and 6 assists on 5 for 9 shooting. And then PJ, I'm sorry, Musa Diabate had 11 points and 9 rebounds. Clippers shooting 49% from the field, but they shot 10 less shots. They also shot 10 more free throws, by the way, but we just got killed on the three ball. They had 11 more threes than us, and it was the same story against Brooklyn as well, that they killed us with the three ball. And so let me see what I think should change. Let me tell you. First off, this starting lineup has to change. I don't think it's going to, but it has to. Westbrook and Harden off the ball so much is terrible for their games. They're both not very good off the ball. It's making Westbrook play out of character. It's taking the ball away from Paul George and Kawhi. It feels very take turnsy. It feels like every time down on a dead ball, Ty's just calling out a set for one of them, and it's just, oh, here, it's your turn, Kawhi, for your play. Now it's your turn for your play. It's not fluid, and we're struggling to get stops and rebounds. The first quarter, we got some stops and rebounds, got out and ran. But I just don't feel like that's sustainable for the whole game, that these guys, that foursome, can play good defense for a whole game. So it's not a very good defensive lineup. Mike, you know, when when we were given the announcement that Terrence Mann was going to start, Kawhi Leonard and Paul were technically going to be like the four, you know, guys playing the four. But our better rim protection was going to be having better defenders out there to prevent line drives to the basket, to prevent 
guys getting beat. So staying in front of the ball plus Zubats was our rim protection. Now we have a harder time staying in front of the ball because our best players are being forced to guard more. We have a negative defender out instead of Robert Covington with James Harden, and Zubats isn't playing well. So we're all out of whack, and now we have to relearn chemistry. So what do we got to do? We got to make a change. I think Harden, based on the way Westbrook was playing with the starters, should go to the bench. I know a lot of people feel Westbrook should go to the bench. That's okay too. I don't care. One of them needs to go to the bench, or we should trade one of them. Simple as that, because I just don't see this foursome starting that's going to work. It's just not good enough defensively. It's too all over the place offensively. Then we should never have three of the big four out at the same time. We need to understand that the Kawhi and Paul are healthy right now. That's another reason why I didn't want to make the trade. We had them healthy. Keep it going. Take advantage of it and see what we can do. But now, now that they're healthy, we're going to have to go through this adjustment period with Harden. Everybody gets, you know, meshes together. It's going to take a while. And then if they get hurt, what? We start playing well without one. And then we're like, oh, do we even need that guy? And then that whole conversation starts. I've seen it so many times. We, we have to take advantage of the time that they're healthy. And right now, I mean, having this trade happen after training camp when we made this whole identity of we want to play fast this year, we want to be a top five defense, throw it all out the window now. Throw it all out the window because the way they're talking, the way they're playing, and it's very evident by making the move, it's a different team now. That's too small. What do we do? We got to pick up a backup big. We got to. We cannot roll out P.J. Tucker at the five. It just can't happen. I'd rather run Musa at the five at this point. We shouldn't play P.J. Tucker at all, honestly. Play Kobe Brown. And you're going to have to take Bones Highland probably out of the rotation. Because even that strategy, you're going to stagger Westbrook or Harden. You're going to have three guards in at once. Unless you just take out Bones and make sure that at all times you only have Russ, or Russ and Powell together or Russ and Bones. And by the way, Tyloo after the game said Harden can't play without a big man right now because he's not in good enough shape to switch one through five in that lineup, which is crazy to say that, but yikes. What else can the Clippers do? Paul George needs to be more aggressive. Westbrook needs to shoot less. I'm just, I'm just afraid that it's just, just the mix is so hard to find, the balance. I don't think we can get the best version of these guys with all of them together starting. That's my opinion. Let me know, though. And by the way, I also want to say the Mavericks were also just on a heater offensively. Like, some of the plays were decent defense against Luka, but he's just so exceptional. And you know how Luka does against us. It's just crazy. He had, like, four, let me check how many points he had. I think he had 44. And he, Kyrie had 30. Let's see. No, Kyrie had 27. Luka had 44. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 17. They shot 52% from the field, 45% from three, and 88.5 from the line. It's looking rough. But you know what? The good news is this. The Clippers were on a five-game losing streak with Westbrook when they first got him. Now, granted, those games were a lot more competitive, and the basketball fit on the court made more sense. But, and they won their game against the jawless Memphis Grizzlies team and started a four-game winning streak. And it was on a Sunday. Well, we're on a four-game losing streak right now. We have the jawless Grizzlies on Sunday, who are 1-8. It's James Harden's home debut we haven't lost a home game, and I'll be in the building. So let's continue staying undefeated at home. Let's welcome James Harden with open arms and get that W because all it takes is one win, and that can change everything. My thing is, in the long haul, we're not a very good team unless we make a move. That's my, we can beat Memphis, but we're not a very good team unless we make a move. However, things can change with one win. Let me know who you think can actually guard Luka Doncic. Who should even be allowed to do it?
Let me know in the comment section. Locked on Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell so you follow along the entire journey, the circus, roller coaster ride that it's going to be this season for the Clippers. You'll be having it covered right here by your boy on Locked on Clips. And if you want, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper content. And I'm going to have a video of the game that I attend on Sunday, Harden's debut on my YouTube channel Sunday. If you're at the game, holler at your boy. I'd love to hear from you. The age-old proverb continues, go Clippers.